0: This episode's guest is U.S. Army Special Forces veteran, Bill Andes, who helps people find inner peace through inner strength. Services provided by Bill are leadership development, life coaching, executive coaching, and public speaking. He joins us now on the Medal of Honor podcast. Yeah, so my name is Bill Anthes from New Jersey, and I joined the Army because I wanted to I wanted to serve my country, uh, but I wanted to go more than just kind of serving. I wanted to also test the limits of my, you know, mental and physical capacity. And so I identified special forces as the the way that I could attempt to test those and was fortunate to, um, you know, have, I was fortunate to have a, a life of kind of training and coaches and mentors and, uh, that, that contributed to my successful completion of the Q course and, you know, eventually becoming a Green Beret, serving a fifth special forces group. And, um, yeah, now I coach people to kind of see their, I realize their own, you know, inner strength through physical, mental,
1: emotional.
2: Pain. Welcome. This is one positive thing that has come out of COVID is that we're forced to find other ways to connect. I think because of that, he started this group where veterans can connect with each other and do what we do best and help each other out and build each other up. Um, maybe we can dive into that, you know, later about how you just got all up in my business stuff, but, um, well, it was good, good though. I mean, it, it really was good. I enjoyed it. Or better yet, let me let's go ahead and get it out of the way. So one of the things that, um, I shared, and I don't even remember how I started the conversation off. Oh, I, yeah, I think I do. Um I made the comment that I like to help people. And that's yeah. why I'm doing the podcast. And I like to do, you know, I want to help people out. Um, But I struggle. I struggle with major depression. and I'm on medications for it. I go to counseling for it. And I used to be physically fit, um, but I'm not now. And I have difficulty getting my butt out of bed a lot of times to start my day with whatever that day includes. So when I I threw that out there, Bill just jumped right on in and said, "Why, why this, why do you need to work out?" Because I had shared that I wanted to work out since I have health issues, you know, cardio issues on both sides of my family. He said, "Okay, yeah, great, that's great, that's that's admirable, but why do you want to work out?" I'm like, "For health reasons." Really, you got down to the root of the problem of while me wanting to exercise and work out. Because I do have physical health problems tied to my family. That is true. And that is a good reason to want to work out. But it, it when it boils down to it is because I know I am noticing the mental health aspect that it plays in, uh, in my life too. Because I'm, I'm, I'm fully aware of the impact that exercising has had on my life previously because I'm, Before I injured my back, when I ran, had those endorphins going, my mood was so much better. I Mm -hmm. felt so much better. And I felt like that. I felt like I grew an inch or two because I just, I felt like I I had that confidence now because I was investing in myself physically. And as I invested in myself physically, I was also investing in myself mentally too. And, um, I think one of the things that you also shared too was that you know, it it's not you're not being, what was the word? You're not being selfish by investing in yourself. You're actually investing in yourself to take care of yourself. So mm-hmm. I really appreciate that. Um, yeah. What what would you throw in about that along those lines too?
0: Well, I think first of all about that the connection. Fact- Yeah, I mean, the fact that you're able to say like, you know, the fact that you're able to be open to perhaps being challenged by a stranger who doesn't know you, I think is a testament to just your character. And that's like just awesome. And I think that it's easy to just be like, who are you? You know, you're coming at me and and, and I'm glad that you weren't because that's not what I was trying to do uh, at Mm -hmm. all. And I was trying to say, like, you know, those are good, but like, let's get. Let's make it about you. And that is a very uncomfortable thing for a lot of veterans, for a lot of people in the military. Of course it's uncomfortable because what were we taught? Like, it's not about you. It's about the team. It's about the unit. It's about the squad. Whatever, you know, unit you were in, however the, the team was organized that's what came first right and so Mm
1: -hmm.
0: on the leadership side of course you got to take care of the mission you got to take care of your 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 people but we we sacrifice identity and making it about us and we sort of find comfort in that so then to say hey you got to start investing in yourself of course you're not going to know it it's like if you put if it's like if you started if you you know when you cross train with other people's jobs and you're like oh man i'm terrible at this well of course you're terrible at it because you didn't go to school for it because you, you don't train on it every single day and so with fitness especially with physical fitness we can't just separate physical fitness and how we look and how strong we are from how we think and how we process problems and how we feel and how we deal with the natural ebb and flow of emotions like they're all connected and so you know when we look at moving our bodies for health purposes for mental health purpose or emotional health purposes we really have to make it about you we have to make it about the individual and you know my kind of job sometimes as a as a coach is to realize like okay this this person needs to go deeper and you know when and it's very common with people in the helping profession if you were to ask anybody, this is you know, veteran or non-veteran, you know, in just in the helping profession, so whatever, nurses, counselors, teachers, they're always the first. Why do you want to do this? Well, I, you know, I want to be able to you know provide for my my students or this and that. It's like yeah, yeah, but that's not you. Your students are not you. The people you serve is not you. It's got to be for you. But you're right. You owe it to them to be better, to be your best. But you have to be yourself, you know, you have to be your priority, um,
2: first. Yeah. And I, and I think that's, I think that's awesome. Um, and, you know, you and I were talking before we started recording. Um, and I was, you know, making a, a, a comment about, uh, like recalling times that, that you're glad that you're, you were vulnerable to somebody. And for me, that's something that I've learned that I, you know, I have, I don't know everything. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know everything about everything. So when somebody has that knowledge or experience, I have to be willing to be vulnerable to and, and open to hear what somebody has to say because what they have to offer, I might be able to greatly benefit from. Um, and, and, and there's times too where I have made myself vulnerable and I've regretted it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think we have to be willing to take that chance and say, you know, what, what's, what's worth what, if I, if I don't make myself vulnerable, then sure. I might be exercising that self-preservation so, so that I don't get hurt, but I'm also preventing myself from getting help. But if I make myself vulnerable, I'm going to get hurt because it's people of people, but I'm also going to have some treasures and some golden nuggets of truth that i can take away with me so you know i i've I've found myself saying it's worth getting hurt being hurt is not comfortable but it's worth get being hurt so that i can get those like you know amazing nuggets of truth
0: yeah and the vulnerability stuff is um you know it runs deep because inherently we want to be connected. And acknowledged by others and, and, and accepted you know and when we expose maybe an element of ourselves that's not that we're not proud of or that we want or that needs some improvement you know and that's kind of taken advantage of or you know people or people as you said you know that threatens that natural social element of being accepted and um you know then it's like well I'm never gonna do that again and then you're absolutely right then you close yourself off to those possibilities and unfortunately you know you close yourself off to yourself and um you know of course there's there's depths of that and you know there's a lot of trauma that's involved with some of closing off and and whatnot so it it, it does it's i i think it's a good concept to be aware of but also with others you know and as veterans like it's not a it's 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 not a surprise if perhaps somebody is struggling with being vulnerable that you know might benefit from some of the help, um, you know, because of some past experiences that you know, they just don't feel safe. And and that's something that, you know, safety is obviously, uh, vital for any sort of healing and, and, and mental health. So, how do you, um,
2: how, with that, I mean, I feel like there's got to, you know, in everything, there's got to be balance. How do you figure out that level of vulnerability with people in your surroundings? Because I think it's important to be vulnerable. Um, I think it's important to be vulnerable, but it's, you know, with that saying of keep your friends close, put your enemies closer, or, you know, even you're know, reading, there's a, that book uh, called Boundaries, and it talks about some people, you, you have a gate that, that white white picket fence around our yard to keep people out some people they can come into the yard but they can't come into the house or you know and so it's, it's building that it talks about building those levels of boundaries um how do you do that how do you determine um what those boundaries look like for you like and, and when when and how you're vulnerable in those different settings
0: yeah it's a good question i don't know if i have a a well articulate and you know purposeful answer to be honest with you. I think I I struggle with vulnerability myself. I guess the thing that I say is like or I would say is I don't think necessarily like I'm going to be vulnerable now. And now in this situation I'm not going to be vulnerable. I think I try to approach it with being open, um, you know, being authentic, being curious. Uh, and, and, and trying to really listen and understand, you know, what, what, what's, what's going on within me and and around me. Um, as far as the boundaries, I think, you know, obviously like trust is a huge thing. Um, and that's gotta be earned from others. And I think that's where, you know, there's a difference, I think, between being vulnerable and kind of being victim-like you know and there's a time and a place it's not just there's a difference i think between like saying like hey this is something that i've got going on and then or then just kind of like throwing it all out there kind of unprovoked or whatever um you you know so so i think when when it comes to like who do you let in or or how do you form those boundaries yeah i mean trust is definitely going to be trust is definitely going to be um important in that and you know to be completely honest there's a lot of people who who we're in a time where trust is very low like we don't know what to trust we look at the media we look at you know social media we look at the news we look at just how people generally operate and it's like yeah there's good reason not to trust people but the cost of not trusting people like the cost of being very cynical is Essentially, that you're under constant threat. You think you're always in threat. And when you're always in threat, you know, that's going to have influence on you physically, mentally, and emotionally. That's going to influence, you know, your nervous system and then how you perceive things and curiosity. And, you know, you kind of, it, it kind of waterfalls into this constantly, you know, on, on alert state, which, which is going to have detrimental effects.
1: Trust that
2: verify.
0: Yeah, someone said that at some point.
2: <laughs> yeah, someone somewhere said that. Uh so I I I think for you know I think I think for you one of the questions I want to ask to to kind of tie in your military time um where was that where was that transition point for you? Was it while you were in the military or afterwards that made you say I mean cuz you were in special forces. Well, I'll tell you what. Here's the question that I'm going to ask, but maybe talk about a little bit of your time in special forces and and your experience there of, I I I imagine that being in special forces and doing what it is you did um, required a lot of mental and physical toughness and strength. So was it from that experience that you said, Hey, I want to do some coaching to help people realize and understand their potential? I, are they, are those two things are special forces in your coaching now, are they related to each other? How does that, what does that look like for you?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I would say that special forces and my experience in the military did not create the idea that I wanted to coach people. Um, that was established long before by being coached from, by people. So I was an athlete. I had the benefit of having, you know, a prior to, I went, I enlisted into the army at 25. So I had, you know, played, played high level soccer my whole life. I played in college all four years. You know, I had coached actually, uh, call it my college team and, as an assistant role um, after I graduated. So I had been the recipient of, and then, you know, Coaching of others um, through athletics. My time in service highlighted that there, I felt there was experiences and approaches, and for whatever reason, people look to special operations sort of in this like, wow, that's an impressive thing. And I felt like there was experiences and and, ben- and lessons that I learned as a result of a lifetime of, of being coached and coaching. Um, that I wanted to share with people that didn't necessarily mean, you know, you have to go out and do something crazy or, you know, enlist and, and go into special forces. So, you know, that was something that kind of highlighted the, this desire to work with people and have them, you know, I say that for me, going into the army and becoming a Green Beret was very much like part of like my personal legend. And anybody that's ever read the book, The Alchemist, you know, knows about. That journey, that pursuit that you take to kind of seek fulfillment. Now, I had no idea how that would play out or what it would go like or what would come after it, but it was very much part of my story. And with the coaching, I think that, you know, I try to help people um, learn about themselves in pursuit of their own personal legends. And it's whatever they decide is what they want to do. It might be somebody just wanting to, you know run a marathon, it might be somebody wanting to you know go into the military into a special operations branch or or anything in between, or it might just be somebody who's like, "Hey, I just generally
1: want to feel happier and better in my life It's like, cool, I'd say that's a good reason
2: so and I, and I'm going to ask this out of my own ignorance, and I know that you know, just because I mean I was army, but there's still there's so much about it i didn't I don't know about. It. within special forces that within itself is not an mos so what is it what does it look like um i guess what is special forces about what is it or what do you have to do to become part of special forces and then how do you how how is it determined what your job or or role is within the special forces community
0: yeah so special forces is actually a branch and has an MOS so 18 series is special forces and that's again some of the like there's the unit you know there's fifth so I was part of fifth special forces group but not everybody within the unit was an 18 series green beret there was different you know different enablers support like every, like every other kind of unit um so the mission set of special forces is unconventional warfare. Uh, that's kind of like the textbook kind of a thing. So we trained up on everything from language to insertion to, you know, train, advise, assist, company, uh, foreign internal defense to obviously direct action stuff and kind of everything in between. So there's all of the, you know, the metal tasks and, and everything that, um, as a branch special forces is tasked to do. Uh, in order to get there, you know, you have to, you, everybody has to go to selection. So special forces assessment selection, you got to go there. It's like three weeks or I think it's three weeks. Um, now I don't know how long it is now. It's three weeks. And then if you pass that, depending upon where you're coming in from and how much experience you have, and if you're an enlisted or an officer, you kind of go down different shoots. so for me i enlisted straight in like i enlisted as an 18x right which basically went betting for uh basic training and ait then airborne school graduated airborne school got on the bus went right up to bragg and that's where the special warfare center and school is and so because i was a nothing after selection I, we, you know, besides just getting our ass kicked, you know, most of the days went to, you know, kind of, uh, what is it, CLT. It was like some sort of, you know, A, B knock, A knock kind of a thing. So it's like to get your, you know, you you become an E5 at the end of it. So we did that. Um, and then you go into six months of language school. You do your MOS, which is basically your job that they assign to you at selection. Um, so when through the battery of, you know, exams and whatnot, depending upon your psychological stuff, depending upon your, uh, GT scores, all of that at selection, if you get selected, you'll actually get what your MOS is going to be, um, as lo- as well as your language. And so, you know, that's another few months, unless you're a medic, which it's like another year. And then you do your, um, small unit tactics, your seer, those types of those, those trainings. Uh, and then, you know, you do your final thing, which is Robin Sage, which is your, you know, final unconventional warfare exercise, uh, to graduate. And so the order of those has changed since I went in. Uh, I think they do language at the end now. I think they do language at the end, um, kind of like how I guess they used to do it back in the day. But those are sort of the blocks. So for me, from when I enlisted I in November 2010, I graduated in, I want to say, March
1: 2013, so about two years, um f- like, you know, full on
0: um from enlistment to crossing the stage with, with my breath.
2: See, when I hear you say that, I'm thinking, that's crazy to think that your first couple years in the military is nothing but training. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a lot of training for a long time. It, it, it's, it's like half your contract is over by the time you're done training, almost.
0: Yeah, I know. Well, that that was a struggle for me actually, because I just wanted to get in the game, like you know. And I had I mean, I mean, I'll be honest. Yeah, I consider being like, fuck this. Let me just. I'm just gonna voluntarily withdraw from this. Go to Ranger selection. Pretty confident I can pass that and you know go through whatever and um get to regiment and and, and get it you know but that 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 wasn't wasn't what I signed up for I didn't want to quit I didn't want to you know give up on something but but that was certainly a test of patience i think and I, and i think regardless of what you were in in the military i think we can all agree that patience is tested like crazy and, you know, that is something that two years of training and I, and I got out after my first contract. Um, you know, and I beat myself up with that. I still struggle with it. Um, you know, and the reasons why I got out, I think are noble, you know, for family, but still that's, it's tough. That's, that's, that's been really hard, you know, and I've been out, for five, I've been out longer than I've been, than I was in. And, um,
1: you know, here I am five years later talking about something i did you know five years ago
2: yeah so with that two kind of two questions in one one is the you know is the i don't want to quit what's what prevented you from saying forget it i'm gonna go do ranger instead um is is the idea of not quitting what kept you uh, and push you to to be able to walk that stage,
1: for
0: sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and 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 that was that was something that I did not want to. I did not want to quit because I didn't. I identify as a quitter, and I think that the whole quitting thing is actually it's it's kind of an interesting conversation because it's like. You know, I just finished, I just wrapped up two years of quitting alcohol. So, like, at what point are, you know, quitting the process of deliberately deciding not to do something. Of course, it has a positive and a negative spin, but, you know, I, 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 that not wanting to quit thing actually in transition has been haunting as well because sometimes we need to actually quit to learn. And, and I think that there's vulnerability in saying, I feel like quitting and uh, and and you know maybe there are some people out there who never feel that and i would say if you've never felt like quitting something i would question if you've ever done anything worthwhile you, you, you know um but but the but the not wanting to quit definitely got me through but but that's as a concept that's fine but it had to go deeper you know it had to be and i talk a lot about with my clients like the who uh we talk about the who and what that means and building it up and how we express it And really, it was something that, you know, I had to find personal. Like, I I wanted to follow through on this word and and persevere through challenge. And so, you know, you can't rely on not wanting to quit. If you're in Special Forces, their job is to make you try to quit for much of it. And so, you know, everybody's going to probably feel that, but it's got to be deeper. It's got to be kind of more more personal.
2: You know, I like what you said that if you haven't ever felt like you want to quit, you haven't started anything Um, I, because I think there's a lot of truth to that. And I think even with starting this podcast, that's what's made me, that's what kind of was the icing on the cake to make me want to start this podcast is I was already accepting defeat before I started anything because I said, well, nobody's going to want to come as a guest on the podcast. No one's going to listen to it. And I was already telling myself all the reasons why not to do it. But then when it boiled down to it, I, I had to ask myself, well, really, why not? All I can do is start it and try it. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, at least I tried it. And um, and for me, you, in in my effort in doing this, I'm finding out there are so many other things that I could have done had I not set myself up for failure all in my head. Because that's where the battle was. It was all in my head. I was determining the outcome of what it was going to look like as if I knew before I even started it. So that there, you know, there is a whole lot of truth in that. And I, and I don't think we give that, that mental toughness as much credit as we should or, or in all those back and forth conversations we have, you know, in our heads. Um, so yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, it's the thing that we're always, it's the one person we can't escape no matter how hard we try. And, you know, I think that's the thing of the work that I do now with coaching and, and, you know, I, it's not just physical coaching. Um, you know, if you just want to get a six pack and super fit, like frankly, go talk to someone else. There's, they're a dime a dozen. What I do is really look to partner with people to feel like, to, to discover, Hey, what is that? Let's get to know that. And so, you know, that, 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 that voice that you never, that never stop saying something, yeah. um, you know, and sometimes, and I've been there before too, like, I've tried to drown it out. I've tried to run from it. I've tried to, you know, tell it to go fuck off or to shut up or to have some of this, you know, macho kind of chest beating special forces, like, you know, kind of approach to it. And, and that doesn't work. You know, and that, that doesn't really work. And so when we, when we get to, when we dig into that voice and perhaps this podcast, even for you, sounds like it's a way to raise your awareness on some things in the past that perhaps prevented you from doing things and hopefully learning from that so that in the future you can start and you can take that first step. And even if it's, you know, getting out of bed with a purpose and having that first step be something that like, you know what? you want to change the world change change how you get out of bed simple enough take that first step out of bed with a fucking purpose mm-hmm. and tell me you don't start your day off right now it doesn't mean the day is going to be all sunshine and smiles but like that's something that you can do and you owe it to yourself to do that because as we know we have we friends of ours are no longer here they don't get to step out of that bed. i think it's the veteran community we can honor them a bit better Uh or just honor the gift that we have
1: with, you know, taking that first step out of bed.
2: Something you said reminded me of Admiral Mullins. Uh, When he retired from the Navy, he uh, was an adjunct professor at Texas A&M. He gave his commencement speech one year, and I'm going to say maybe early 2000 uh, timeframe. And one of the things that he said in that speech is, and I think it ended up being maybe the title of it, is if you want to change the world, you've got to make your bed. Mm -hmm. and the premise behind that was that he talked about during seal training uh it just it drove him crazy because he was like why is it we're training all day all night and when we come back he's like the beds were tossed because something was wrong with the bed and he said he's like i don't understand why they keep on messing with the beds and focusing on the beds he said why are you getting on me about making my bed? I didn't join, you know, the Navy to make beds. I joined for you to train me to kill. I, right, so like, what's up? But that ended up being the very one of the main purposes of, um, making your bed is, you know, paying attention to detail, even to with the small stuff. And he said that, um, making, making his bed shoot what was it i just lost it my mind went blank blank um the small stuff navy seal attention to detail i don't know i lost it man um <laughs> it just like it left but anyway yeah just so there's paying attention to the detail oh yeah this was it uh because he said he said one thing that he gleaned from it was that if nothing else when he came back when they came back at the end of the day, no matter how bad that day was, at least his bed was made. At least he had a a, a nice, put together bed to crawl into, even if it was just going to be three or four hours that night. That right. at least he one that he accomplished something that day by making his bed, and two, he came back to the barracks with some a reminder of that one thing that he did accomplish that day. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. if it was making his bed and not, you know, whatever that training was that day. So Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean uh, I think it's a I think it's a concept, you know, it's that it's those little things. It's a small thing and um you know, I think that we can find those little we can find multiple little moments like that and you know, small wins lead to big ones.
2: So with that I wanna I wanted to ask, um, how do you measure pro- uh, progress? And so this is this is like two questions in one. It's, uh, what is your measure of progress? And then how do you know when your life is going in the right direction?
1: Hmm. I don't have a good measure for any of that. I'll be okay. completely honest. Um, when I,
0: when i know i feel like when i know my life is going in the right direction there's no type of measurement that can get that i just feel it and so i would say i'm i'm much more feeling sensory emotional based um even though one of my weaknesses is paralysis by analysis and overanalyzation um and i think that that's because of when there is a lack of the feeling which is a strength of mine then i'll go back then i'll go towards that you know kind of process by analysis to find something to look for something i measure progress i feel i'm making progress when you know i can feel that the efforts that i'm doing and the energy that i'm spending is worthwhile you know is is, make, is making a difference. Is uh as a coach is reaching someone myself and I'm more present with you know my family with people around me with my clients like when I feel like hey you know what like I'm I'm enjoying living. because I spent a long time not enjoying living and and still and, and I you know suffer from depression as well and I generally don't really I don't get anxious but I get very depressed and I want to feel vibrant I want to feel like I'm living and If it was only about money or clients or, you know, social media popularity or whatever, you know, kind of, kind of metrics, um, those would perpetually tell me I'm not good enough. But, you know, again, that voice inside of me, that feeling inside of me that says, Hey, you're, you know, this is good. This is what you're doing and and trying to be very present and trying to be very appreciative of what I do have while still acknowledging there's stuff I still want to do and pursue do want to have ambitious goals? i do want to keep getting better but i don't want to lose sight of what i have and to me that's that's like that's progress uh that's how i would measure progress or feel like i'm making progress if that makes sense
2: yeah absolutely and so maybe maybe the question is more like um or not really a question but i guess instead of saying um how i'm you know wondering how i measure progress i need to define what success is for me because i i think in the world today too many too many times we define success by you know how much money you make or the position that you hold at work what what it is you do um so yeah, it's it's like if I said, well, you were more successful in the military than I because you were special forces and I was just a and then fill in the blank. Um, but that's not the definition of success. So I think you have before you can uh, know how to measure success, you have to know what success is. And that can look different for each person, you know, it, uh, you know to be that spouse, that parent, that whatever.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I I actually have a workshop out. Um, you know, it's like an hour, probably an hour, hour to two. You know, it's self paced. There's videos online and you know, it's called win from within. And you, and you go through And one of the exercises I have people do is say like, okay, what is, what does success mean to you? What does it look like? What does it feel like? What is it? What do you want it to be? And it's, and I'm, and and I'm like right there with everybody. So. I'm a coach. I have clients. I also have a coach. But these are things that we're discovering shoulder to shoulder.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And nobody's got this shit figured out. And yeah. anybody that does, I don't listen to. Them because right. they're lying. <laughs> um, now, some people might be a little bit further ahead or have different experiences that I can benefit from. And of mm-hmm. course. But nobody's got it figured out. Nobody's got all the answers. And so I'm just, I'm right there with you. Like, Man, sometimes it's like I don't know what is success, but you know what's you know and you know what's fascinating. Personally, I have been really good in the past at saying I'm not doing enough or this isn't succeeding. I'm failing. I'm not making progress. Mm-hmm. But I've been terrible at saying well what would what would progress be? Yeah. What would a win be? What would success be? So I'm really good at pointing out when I don't have something, but on the other hand, I can't identify when I have it. So <laughs> you know that's kind of a little bit of an interesting thing and um, yeah, looking at success and how do you want to live, you know, not what do you want to do or how much money do you want to make? I mean, that's certainly part of it, but you know, how do you really, how do you want the experience of waking up and going to sleep every day? How do you want to fill those two actions? Yeah. And, And how do you want that experience to be?
2: Yeah. I'm with you, man. So here's the last question I would want to ask you. Uh, and 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 it's this. In what ways has your life exceeded your expectations?
0: Well, I have an amazing family. Um, I have I have a, a wife who's been just a just incredible. Um, our relationship I, I just completely didn't expect that to happen. I never, you know, I never thought it would. I didn't think that. You know the current life that I have, as far as family, would be probably one that I would do, knowing what I wanted to do in the military, uh, and was on my way to doing. So right away, like that's what I've exceeded that. You know, I've kind of, I've learned, I've learned a lot about love and people and you know, family in, in, in different ways that I, you know, I never possibly thought I could um, and I think that's the main thing like that's because to be honest with you when you break it all down like for me that's like what drives me for a lot you know there's there's a lot of drivers but yeah ultimately like good, good relationships and connection with people is, is sort of what what matters most and you know but again the double-edged sword of that is it also haunts me because that's why I got out of military. So it's, it's, it's not always, you know, this amazing, you know, all happiness. Like that's, you know, the ebb and flow of life is very much, you know, we can be all about working on ourselves and, and, and doing different things and stuff and being appreciative, but like, yeah, that's part of it too.
2: So, you know, you know so you said it a couple of times about the, you know, beating yourself up or, or not beating, not so much beating yourself up, but questioning. Um why you got out in the military. What um or was it the right decision? So how do you I how do you grapple with that? Um is there ever gonna do you think that there's ever gonna be a point where you can say I made the right decision because I made it for the right reason and not still, you know, go back and say, well what if? What if I stayed in?
0: So for me, I know I made the right decision. I know I made the right decision in that. I like rationally. I know I made the right decision.
1: My wife was in New Jersey with her, with, with her kids, my stepkids. And I, and, and I was never there. I was either in North Carolina or Fort Campbell. Um, cause they weren't going to move. They weren't obviously going to move down. And so I got out
0: to be with them in person. For the first time, really ever, you know, other than four-day weekends and stuff, and I knew that that was the right decision because that's what's important and all of that. But I, the, the the rational mind and the emotional mind of feeling sometimes aren't always alive.
1: Yeah.
0: And so to feel that, um, I didn't feel that. I, I, I didn't feel that because I also had my own stuff. I also have my own, um, you know traumas and experiences that influence just how i am independent of anybody else on a given day and so that took a while um i think i'm there i think i i'm there but you know for me to think for me to ever say when am i never gonna think about you're know, like well what if i stayed in i mean i can think about i i don't i guess i don't want to never think about that again i i, I think about it. i'm like oh yeah what if like i know where i would be and generally speaking probably what i'd be doing um but i want to be able to like just think about that without having it pulled down yeah you know and and i think that's that's the where the path to healing or the path to getting to that point of being like hey that was really important to me that was a really important part of my life in many ways it kind of consumed me and defined me but i'm working through it and there's a bunch of experiences in there but i can look back at it and say you know like, there's days I really miss it. Somebody actually literally asked me today, like, do you miss it? I'm like, yeah, I do. Um, but I don't miss the pain and heartache of being an absent member of my family more. Or I don't miss it more than the pain and the heartache of being an absent member. Yeah. And, and that just, I think takes some time to heal. And I have to heal myself first. And I needed to heal myself. And, you know, that's this, a lot of the stuff that I do is with people. Um, you know, and you want to get through, you got to heal. The fitter you want to get, the more you got to heal, and our bodies work like that. So does in our, our our mind and our emotions.
1: When so we yeah. combine those, then we can do some good things.
2: So what for the, for the people listening to the um, this episode of the podcast, um, whether they be veterans and family members or just anybody else out there, whether they're thinking about joining the military. Just whoever would be listening to this episode, what's your like takeaway like what is it that you would want to pour into them and just say, "Hey, look, this is what's up Like, just like that golden ticket of you know whatever
1: yeah, um, I firmly
0: believe you owe it to yourself and everybody around you, um to never stop seeking to understand who you are and to honor that with action." I think that's what you owe it. like that's that's your mission in life be you to follow through on that and that means you know you can you can take that any way you want um personally i take it as never stop seeking to understand who i am is also like i also want to be getting better and i also want to be you know developing as a human as a father as a stepfather as a you know, husband as a son, like all of these things. But I also want to acknowledge and accept like who I am currently and, and and while striving to be who I want to be and then actioning that and really doing the work. Cause uh, if we don't do the work, then nothing happens. You know, if we don't, if we don't take that first step, don't take that action.
1: Nothing's going to happen.
2: Dang. So it, that, it means that that saying is true. If it were easy, everybody would be doing it. <laughs> you got to work for that. Yeah. You got to work for, you know, saying this is who I am. And I have to put forth the effort to to be who I am.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, you know, I think that's going to, in my experience with clients, you know, that changes every day too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the deeper things might not, but you know, how we are every day. Like I might be really like smiles and high fives one day. But I've been, and I might be like sad and frowny and I'm still that same person, but who I am on that given day, you know, sure. The core of my being might not change, but like my experience of life does change at that point. And so when we do want to work on ourselves and get better or, you know, do ambitious things, you want to go into the military, you want to go into whatever it is you want to go into, you know, I just would say like, let's, let's look as deep as we can to be like, what is it about that
1: that matters to you? You
0: know, oh, I want to serve my country. Yeah, okay. What is it about that that matters to you? Well, I have a lot of freedoms and I feel like I want to contribute to it. Okay, what is it about that, that that matters to you? You know, and so I think just kind of getting a little bit below those below those layers, um, you know, and, and, and I think you'll, you'll surprise, like I surprise myself all the time with asking those questions. Um, and sometimes it's you know that's a funny thing about this stuff. Sometimes when you go deep, you're like,
1: "Fuck, I don't really
0: like what I'm But it's like, okay, now now we, you want to do something about that?
1: Like, yeah, right on. Let's let's
0: let's start let's start befriending ourselves and building ourselves up instead of being the constant tyrant that's going to put myself down. Like, I don't know about you, but to me, that's a strong that's a fucking strong person right there. Yeah, to be able to go to that depth and say, "Yep." That's what I want to change about myself. Like, that's pretty cool.
2: Uh, yeah. Um. See, you're eh, y'all. He means it. I know he means it because he did it to me. And that's what you know. (laughs) That's where I heard that. I think I referenced it when that um on that uh on Joey's group, and I don't remember who who gets the credit for it for saying this, but it's you know it was that five Y's of uh, many times you have to ask that question why to get to the root of what you're saying, or or um or, or what you want to be, because especially with that patriotic thing, um, I want to serve my country. Right? Why? Because I'm patriotic. Why are you patriotic? Because I have all these freedoms. Okay. What freedoms are is what freedoms are there that you that really resonate with you. Well, you know, the ones we have here in the country, it just, because we say things because we think it's the right way to phrase it, Yeah. but we don't really get to the heart of the matter of what it is we're saying. And yeah. I find myself doing a lot like what you said of being, you know, because I'm a very analytical person, but you know, to that point of being, you know, that analysis is paralysis thing of how much, you know, I'm I'm an analyzing it to where it's like, okay, enough is enough but but yeah. but I do think there is a level of healthy analysis of getting down to the bottom of it totally so.
0: yeah totally And i think that's where we want to combine you know if i were to, generally speaking if i were to say the why and the how is kind of a model that'll help coach people with it's like you know asking someone why is going to trigger that analytical mind in the sense that they're going to look for an answer and usually when someone says you ask, hey, why'd you do that? You're going to respond with, well, because. So you're immediately going to look for, you know, a defensive type answer. And and so some of the anatomy of language and words is understanding and, and that voice in our head is sometimes understanding, hey, what are we constantly speaking to ourselves? And if we're constantly, hey, why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? You know, we're going to maybe perhaps answer that with a defensiveness. Now, I think that you can obviously look to say, hey, we're going to be more analytical. Okay, well, why? All right, right on. We're gonna dive in. We're gonna dig in. Why is that important to you? Okay, well, why is that important to you? Okay, fine. And that's gonna be more on like that
1: national side. On that, and then we're gonna kind of cross the cross the threshold and how asking people about how is gonna have a little bit
0: more of that emotional standpoint. You know, how do you want to feel by serving your country? Mm-hmm. You know, well, I want to feel like I'm part of something. Okay, why is that important to you? Well, I don't really. Cause I never felt like I was part of something growing up. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you, you, you know, that's like two or three questions mm-hmm. that you get to really have some thing of like, so here's, here's someone who didn't feel included in activities as a, as a, as a young person. They're seeking something that helps them feel included. Um, and I think that, you know, there's a compassion with this work too that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And, looking kind of bouncing back and forth between why and how as you get to know yourself better remembering to pack compassion and it doesn't mean you're going to give up on yourself you're going to let yourself off the hook or anything like that no you know what i mean like we can be as hard charging as we want and sometimes that shtick is uh completely uncalled for and overplayed you know And, and and it doesn't sell on social media Uh, you know, what sells is a lot more of the kind of punch you in the mouth stuff. But, you know, you you do this work long enough and and you start to partner with people to take action on some deep, deep things. And the whole just tough it out, be a tough guy thing or, you know, just be a badass. You don't need any help. You know, if that's your only tool, that's the first one you're going to lose when you
1: start doing this work.
2: Yeah, I think that's why a lot of times we have that difficulty, no matter how much time a person spends in the military, you know, it's, it's that badass um, attitude that we have that um, we thrive off of. Um, And that's why we size each other up by looking at each other's uniforms. And we, you know, I can, you know, I look at your uniform and I size you up in 10 seconds. and I have an impression of you. And I, I, I think I know you because of what I see on your uniform. When I really just see what you did and not who yeah. you are. Yeah. Well, man, thank you for doing this.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I you're
2: appreciate it. Getting all up in my business and stuff. <that>.
0: You have a nice day this episode's guest is u s Army Special Forces veteran Bill Anthes, who helps people find inner peace through inner strength services provided by Bill are leadership development, life coaching, executive coaching, and public speaking. He joins us now on the Medal of Honor podcast yeah, so my name is Bill anthes. I'm from New Jersey and I joined the Army because I wanted to I wanted to serve my country uh, but I wanted to go more than just kind of serving I wanted to also test the limits of my you know mental and physical capacity and so I identified special forces as the the way that I could attempt to test those and was fortunate to um you know have I was fortunate to have a a life of kind of training and coaches and mentors and uh that that contributed to my successful completion of the Q course and you know, eventually becoming a Green Beret, serving a fifth special forces group. And, um, yeah, now I coach people to kind of see their,
1: I realize their own, you know, inner strength through physical, mental, emotional. But-